Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. You are interested in the unknown, the mysterious, the unexplainable. That is why you are here. FTN Preview Podcast, episode 281. I am Neymar's diving instructor, Gideon Hill. With me, a Dutch gentle giant and the biggest member of the Ali Gazelle Tackling Fan Club, it's Nick Ruprecht. Greetings. So Nick, with Joe unavailable off the bench today, how do you think the AFTN listeners will receive a podcast with no Irish or Scottish accent uh, accents involved? I think uh, it could be music to their ears. <laughs> Alright, so this show will include just a little bit of World Cup flavor to begin. Opening question. Mm-hmm. If there was an Oscars for Neymar's best moment of this World Cup, what would it be? Including dives, if you want. Uh, yeah, I think the... Uh, that's actually what I went. I went for... I think the the VAR reviewed PK against Costa Rica. That was... Uh, I like that. Very dramatic. Yes. Very dramatic. Uh, for me, I was watching the game against Mexico on... Uh, I think it was Monday. And... Uh, just that that dive where he went down and the Mexico coach came over and just tapped him, just not even touched him. And he just rolled over, seemed for an eternity. And there's so many videos and, and spinoffs made of that, and it's quite funny. All right, so completing senses, keep it moving here. The much-anticipated Whitecaps-Canada game was... Not good. Not good? Not good. good. Um, I went with awful, because, <laughs> again, disappointed, but tickets to the game went to it, and I was excited... Special occasion for Canada and the Whitecaps, and was left disappointed. Um, the Whitecaps, number two, the Whitecaps should have scored blank goals on Sunday. I think they should have scored two goals, I think. They and went with one. The Kamara goal off the crossbar was the closest they came, really. To- I think, well, how many shots did they have? 25? Something like that, yeah. It was a high number. It was a yeah. very high number of shots, <laughs> so I think you could have at least had, you know, one goal for every 10 shots is a pretty good return, I think. <laughs> And number three, Kendall Watson returning and being thrust in the lineup was a blank decision. I would have said, I think it was a bad decision. Bad decision. Okay. Why, um, why do you say that? I mean, he's coming back from, I mean, admittedly, he didn't play every single World Cup game for Costa Rica, but I think he he does have a, doesn't he have a maybe injury as well? Yeah, he was took off at halftime, but I didn't see him from what I, I didn't see him on the bench or yeah. anything like that, so... Yeah, yeah so I think maybe they just maybe it's just rushing him back in. And I mean, I can understand why you want want to put him back into the yeah. lineup. I mean, he's a fantastic defender. Yeah. He's 
you know, played in the World Cup. <laughs> I scored goals for Costa Rica in the World Cup too. You know, so congrats to him. So I think maybe it was just a rushed decision, maybe. Not necessarily a bad decision, no, but rushed. a rushed yeah, decision. I was, was going to say the same. You know, playing, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday, and then the travel to get back to Vancouver in an earlier sort of game on Sunday at 4 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Kickoff is interesting. All right? Team mm-hmm. opposition, Chicago Fire, Nick. What are your thoughts on them this season? Tactically interesting. <laughs> sure. <laughs> is one thing I would say about them. Yeah. Um, for sure. I mean, they look... Recently, they've looked pretty good. I mean, they just beat NYCFC, and that's no small task to beat that team of that caliber. But I think they need to show it more consistently as well. Like, I think they have a fantastic coach, and I think they have a lot of... I think they're really using the versatility of Schweinsteiger in many different ways. I think he's played three different defensive midfield positions this year total. And CB... As a yes, sleeper. included in the yeah, <laughs> which is interesting. Yeah, to say the least. So they're six in the East right now. Six wins, seven losses, five draws. They're also same as the Whitecaps. They have twenty-three points, which we'll get to later. Mm-hmm. Below teams, teams above them are Columbus and New England. Surprising. It's not for Columbus. I would say it's not surprising that they're below them. But for New England, yes. Yeah. Because I don't think it. But then New England is, I think, the surprise turnaround team for the the Eastern Conference anyway. I mean, they were terrible last year. And, you know, now they've locked in really well defensively. They kind of traded some of their older stars, I guess. like Kamar and Win. <laughs> yeah, Kamar yeah. and Win. Yeah. Well, especially Win. Um, and I guess they're bringing in, you know, they're bringing in newer players. So for New England, it's a little bit surprising, yes. For Columbus, no. We know they're Greg Bearhalter's attacking menace. <laughs> Um, so I think it's surprising that they are below New England, but not surprising that they're below Columbus for me. Next two of four, including the game on Saturday, are versus teams below the playoff line. So they host Philly after Vancouver, away at Dallas, then host TFC. So a couple favorable games for them. Looking for that. Um, they're the only playoff team above the playoff line with a negative goal differential. I thought it was really interesting with a negative four. I think that shows their the problems they've had with their back line. When you have someone like Schweinsteiger being played in your back line, yeah. when really he's not that fast, he's not that athletic, I mean, and he's not that tall, that speaks volumes of what your problems are and, and, and where you're experiencing difficulties. So I think it's, I mean, they basically had him there to organize the back line to show leadership from the back line and also playing that sweeper position which i don't think has been played since the 1960s but (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i mean to touch on their defensive you know kind of overhaul from last year they didn't keep joe amira Mm -hmm. questionable for them um yohan kapelhoff's been good Dax McCarty has always been a solid number number six holding there. I think he looks he was, plays well with Schweinsteiger. Oh yeah, kind of play off each other. That's fun to watch. But they're both fantastic with the ball, and they can both pick a pass. So it's basically like, well, choose your poison. Yeah. I mean, there was a game. I think last game, Dax McCarty had that fantastic through ball from like halfway for Katai, and then he just Katai. We'll talk about him. Yeah, he's been he exceptional just, this year. Yeah. Um, I'm beating the last five as well. Wins the beginning and end with three draws in the middle. 
mm-hmm. good run of form for them. Whitecaps have played some teams like Colorado and others that have had good runs of form coming into the games, and the Whitecaps have kind of lost out so, to them. Yeah. So, I mean, hopefully the Whitecaps can bounce back, and hopefully any kind of tactical surprises, because their coach uh, for Ponovich, yeah. Ponovich <laughs> he just loves to spring tactical surprises. I guess he's like a real... But then, I mean, that's kind of his background as being a tournament coach. Yeah, he was with uh, the U-20s of Serbia at a World Cup before he came to Chicago. And, you know, if he finds success in surprising with tactics, then why why change it up, right? Like, you mm-hmm. see a team studying game from, oh, he's going to play this, you know, formation, and all of a sudden he changes it. What do they do? They can't just change the last minute, right? You know the lineup's... Just yeah. a bit before the other team, so you don't have really, really have time of, to change your your whole game plan there. You're kind of locked in for the first 20, 30 minutes yeah. of the game. I think he's been having he's he's a very good pickup for Chicago. Honestly, I I think I like that he tries different things and he tries to find solutions to the the problems of the team. Is he? Does he not? The the question that I have, I guess, is: Do you think he has a system? I mean, to me, it doesn't seem like he has a system. No. He seems to be more reacting to the opposing team and reacting to his own weaknesses in his own team. And, I mean, he's been doing a pretty good job at it so far. I mean, like you said, he, he's in the playoffs, even with a negative goal differential. Yeah, and that's... I mean, there's been a complete shift of power in the East this year with TFC. Oh, just they just... Yesterday. Bombed. This is yeah. Wednesday. Sorry, Thursday morning, just for reference for AFTN and soccer people so we watched that game last night darwin quintero hat-trick was just exceptional Fantastic. tfc yeah. is on a nosedive a nosedive yeah and i mean without or out still their defensive issues are are horrific, horrific. you can't rely on Jovinko every game yeah i i i really it's it's weird i guess maybe it's because that group of players that they had that gave them that solidity that allowed Juvinko to go forward. That allowed Altidore to thrive. I guess, in a sense, they're kind of aging, aging out, or 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 what? You know, yeah. like what is the problem here? Because basically, they just kept their team the same. Is it fatigue? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's tough to watch this year for uh, for TFC and the whole league after a great year last year winning the MLS Cup. Mm-hmm. So we talked about Panovic and his international resume. He signed some great players, Schweinsteiger to name it. Nikolic as well. Another mm-hmm. one is Alexander Katai. Yeah. He has eight goals this year with two game winners. The next closest is Nikolic with seven. But Katai has 57 shots. Nikolic <laughs> has 26. It just shows you how of a, a high press that they like to put Katai at the field. as a mm-hmm. fast guy. We saw the goal against NYCFC yeah. this past weekend. I think, I think I read some articles as well, though, that were questioning. Even though with his such great numbers, they were questioning Katai. Because... And, and it's a valid question because he's bounced around from so many teams. He's on loan and he's trying to win a contract. So I guess there's a worry probably from Chicago's management side of if we give him this contract, considering that he's bounced around from so many different teams, will he keep that consistency with it? You know, will he take this ability that he has to play for a contract and, and bring it forward if they give him a um, contract. Bastian Swansegger, still the main man with five assists. But, I mean, with Nikolic, Kataya, guys on the other team, like Brandon Vincent, one of their mm-hmm. p- 
wonderful pickups in last draft a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Is he still the main man in Chicago, or is there a new regime coming in? On one hand, I think he is, just because of the versatility that he's been been showing for Chicago. How many players can you have that could basically play every all down the spine of your team, basically, from AMC all the way down to CB? I think, yes, he's shown that he has that ability. He may not have the physical chops, but he definitely has the mental and technical ability to do that. Although I do think, you know, Dax McCarty as well, he could give he gives him a run for the money and he plays off him very complimentary, like we said earlier, with each other as well. Nikolic still important. Alan Gordon still scoring goals. Quiet pickup of Ellis from K SKCO has two goals as well as Katai new pickups this year. So Ellis, Gordon and Katai all new this year. Mm-hmm. As I mentioned, like Ellis has been fantastic. Oh you know, yeah, started training with them. SKC didn't want him last year. At the end of last yeah. year, I mean, he's it's been, worked out. He's been, and, and I mean, also Alan Gordon giving them a nice, very tall center forward. Yes, he's been target man kind of option, yeah. and he's still scoring goals, which is fantastic. But Ellis, yeah, I mean, he's been fantastic. I mean, he plays around along that that right that right hand side, right? He's been so such a good, solid, defensive workhorse as well for them. Like, I mean, yes, he's he's picked up um, you know goals, but he's been very good. I think on giving them a little bit of defensive solidity, which they have obviously been having problems uh, with that. For, as we talked about formation briefly earlier, they're playing a four through three with overlapping. Outside backs and Vincent and Rafa Ramos, the new guys mm-hmm. from uh, Orlando. Mm-hmm. Whitecaps played a 5-4-1 against Colorado, a solid block of 5-4-1 with four center backs in, in their lineup on, on yeah. Sunday. Like, do you think the Whitecaps fare better against different formations, against different personnel? Like, what do you think there is the Whitecaps key to kind of counteract the Chicago overlapping runs and, and tactics? Well, I think part of it is our wingers doing a lot of defensive work. And I don't think that's going to be a problem with Davies, especially. Like, that's basically the key, is is making sure the wingers, our wingers, are able to track, you know, those runs, switch off, communicate when necessary. And especially, though, with that, playing that high, though, that opens a, it up to, you know, allowing Davies to run or to chair to run into that space. And any team that does that, Plays with fire, basically. So I think it's the offensive threat that really is going to be... They have to be smart in choosing their runs forward. Talk about strikers there. and Leaky leaky defense for them, but the rival Fernando Torres, that seems imminent. Iker Casillas is rumored, but he signed a new contract to Porto, so he's staying there. But mm-hmm. Torres, on the, on the, maybe on the, on the move to uh, Chicago, mm-hmm. is that what they need right now, or is it more you know, defense-orientated? I definitely would not pick him up. That's my, if I was a manager, I would look at what I have, you know, Katai, Nikolic, Alan Gordon, what does Fernando Torres really bring that you don't already have? I mean, maybe it brings some shirt sales, (laughs) but like at the end of the day, I think what they really need is a CB, uh, somebody to to organize that line, that back line and, and step up and... Yeah, I I think Fernando Torres is a personally not what Chicago needs. One last question here, more of a, a funny one. 
Do you think it makes sense to have a soccer team and a TV show share the same name? <laughs> um, I think not that great. But then it's it, it goes back to that thing of, you know, as long as they're not the same product, you can you can make, get away with it. Um, that's my opinion. <laughs> All right. So with Chicago preview done, we're now onto the World Cup flavor of a special three man. Do you know who I am for Nick Ruprecht? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> So, I've combined an hour of research, three players that have played in the last three World Cups. One is current, the other two are former MLS players. Mm -hmm. 2010 World Cup, 2014, and this past, this ongoing World Cup right now, uh, 2018. So, are you ready, Nick? As ready as I ever okay, will right. <laughs> this, this, We'll see how much you get, if it'll count towards the real... Do you know who I am standing? I just wanted to kind of throw Nick through a loop here with this school year done and kids not asking him questions anymore. I thought I might ask him some. All right. So, the 2010 World Cup participant. Mm -hmm. I was born on March 11th, 1978. Going back. <laughs> okay. My birth country is in Africa. Okay. I was part of an Eastern Conference team for two seasons in MLS. Okay. <laughs> I'm my country's all-time leading scorer with 65 goals. Uh, yeah, still no. Still no. Okay, well, this one, okay, we're getting, we're getting to the nitty-gritty now. I won a Champions League title in 2012 with Chelsea. Uh, Didier Drogba? There you go. Yeah, right. there we okay, go. Okay, that's one. Nice. Well done, well done. Five, uh, five clues there. All right. So he, didn't he stop a civil war as well? Something he has a that man is a legend. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was, I was going to say the next. Clue. I currently play in the USL and am an owner. I formed a formidable par partnership with Nacho from Montreal, mm -hmm. and I am Didier Drogba. All right, well done, Nick. One down. Second one, 2014 World Cup participant. I was born on well, November 30th, 1984. Okay. I had 81 caps for my national team with only one goal. I started my career with Ajax. Uh, who is Zlatan Ibrahimovic? No. Oh. Good try, though. I don't think Sweden was in the World Cup in 2014. No, they weren't. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, I joined this MLS Western Conference team in 2016 for half of a season. Before joining Galatasaray, a bonus hint. Oh. Uh. Yeah, no. This this one's gonna give it away. Uh, I played in two World Cups for the Oranya. Oh, uh... <laughs> no. Oh, how can I not get this? Okay. Clue <laughs> number six. I should have been red carded in the biggest game of my career for a tackle on Andre Dion. Dion. Nigel Dion. Dion. Nigel Dion. Well done. Well done. All right. Not our Dion. No, 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 no. I sure hope not. Um. All right, next. 2018 World Cup participant. This one's a little bit more difficult. Those two weren't first word. Um, I was born on February 7th, 1987. All right. My first club was Gothenburg in Sweden. 
right? <laughs> I have 16 caps for my national team. Oh, um, this MLS Western Conference team snatched me up in the 2017 preseason. I he's a winger, isn't he? Is uh, he, not, he not send, really. CB, C, uh, CB, right back and center. Yeah. <laughs> After leaving Gothenburg in 2010, I played for teams in four different countries, including another return to my first club. In between. I'm an outside back and defensive midfielder. Yeah, his name his name is escaping. <laughs> okay, let's do the last clue. I'll, I'll give it to you. But I wear a headband. This one's just for Joe. I wear a headband. Because <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Marco Donadal, never going to forget that one. And then I am Gustav Svensson. Yeah. All right. Would... That was, you know what? That was a, a tough one. I I'll, I'll take two out of three. I'll take, you know what? Which, two out of okay, three. Okay, bonus question. This one, I don't know who would get this wrong, but who is the current player out of those three between Nigel Dion, Didier Drogba, and Gustav Svensson? Gustav Svensson. Correct. Yeah. Well done, Nick. Well done. If I had a clap sound, I'd have put that in right now. All right. Now moving on. Whitecaps coming off a difficult one on Saturday. The boys from the uh, review podcast on Sunday nights on CITR did a good job of kind of recapping that one there. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just quickly, you know, 18 games played, six wins, seven losses, five draws, minus nine goal differential. That really... The two losses to Kansas City, 6-0, and against Philadelphia, 4-0. Those really jump out of your and games. the Atlanta game. And the Atlanta game as well. Yeah, 4-1. That can't be forgotten. Which is the second worst in Western Conference. They're minus 9 goal differential, and they're above the playoff line. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean a lot right now, come end of September. You know, when playoff... It's always crazy, August, September, October, with the mm-hmm, mm-hmm. adjusting of playoff line combinations. What do you think of, you know, just the Whitecaps numbers right now? Speaking especially about that goal differential, I mean, if you take out those thrashings, I think it's a fairly respectable goal differential, and it's tight. I mean, the MLS has always kind of been tight in, in that sense. If you if you take out those thrashings, but real life, you can't take out those thrashings. Yes, I was going to say, it's still in there, but I mean, they've recovered well, and that's what matters, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, I, I think... You know, Joe really likes to harp on those points per game. Um, so I think that's really what it's going to come down to. Can the Whitecaps have an, a good points per game? And I think as well, like it, when we were talking about Chicago, that's really what matters, the points per game. And and they're kind of in the same deal as us. Like they've had some really bad games as well too. So I don't think it really comes down to the wins, the losses, the, the minus nine what what can they do to make sure that they're picking up enough points as they go along? We need some more wins, really, is what it comes down to. And I think those dropped points to teams like Colorado is going to come back and could haunt us as a team. Yeah, and I think with us not having played Seattle yet, the game on July 21st in Seattle is going to be huge. Speaking of which, the next few games to the Caps, Chicago on Saturday... At DC United next Saturday in the home opener for Audi Field and mm-hmm. I guess we'll have to talk about Wayne Rooney next week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at Montreal in the Canadian Championship, which is, you know, it's still, I know it doesn't mean anything for MLS standings, but for guys' morale and, and you know, mm-hmm. maybe fringe players that want to get into the team, that's kind like of the Tybert. way. Exactly, Tybert, <laughs> which a little shocking he didn't play in Canada Day. But yeah. We, again, we don't know. We're not, you know, insiders. We're not at training all the time. We don't know what happened there, but it could have been an injury or just selection issues, mm-hmm. anyways. 
But yeah, like guys like Tybert, you know, maybe Simon Cohen, the youngster, will get maybe a, a potential off the bench. Davies could star. I mean, it's and then at, after that, it's in Seattle. So two, three straight Saturdays of soccer for Whitecaps fans mm-hmm. with the Montreal mixed in there. Big, I mean, couple big couple games. Tough three road win away games after this one as well, though. Yeah, but those a couple those those three teams though that you mentioned, you know, these are very winnable games. They're, you know, DC is bad, eleventh in the East. They need those that Rooney reinforcement really, and I mean Seattle is also bad, tenth in the West. They haven't been doing well, so these are teams that we can beat, um, that the Whitecaps can beat. Um, but again, every game needs to still be played, like that Colorado game, right? They came in, they weren't doing well, um, and, and and yeah, frustrating a little bit. Um, but I do think that these are very winnable games. Um, even the Montreal game, the this the Canadian Championship game, is. But I think we'll see some rotation, so. It'll be interesting to see what kind of uh, mentality they're going to play for these next three games. Is it going to be throw everybody, you know, at these teams? Or, but I feel that you know the the history is rotation happens. So, I mean, I, I'd be really interesting to see if you know Davies plays in in that Canadian Championship because he's done really well in tournament matches. Like, if you think back to um, scoring goals against uh, in the CONCACAF championships, mm-hmm. you know, that's where he, he kind of proved that he can do things, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and he's just consistently gotten better. So we'll see, I guess. But I think these are very winnable games. We need to win these games to get those, you know, get the points. Here at AFTN Studios, a.k.a. Gideon's House for this week, we are always looking at picking Robbo's minds about formation changes and whatnot. This past weekend, you could put it on maybe keeper Snell misses like Aha, Tybert, Tichera, Reyna. Those guys aren't missing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what do you think it boils down to this week? Is it going to be a formation change with the, with uh, Reyna and Aha, maybe potentially back in, which we'll get to? Do you think that, you know, factors in? Or how do you think the White Caps will set up? I think, you know, with Reyna coming back, he should definitely be in the lineup because he does give that linkage play. He can link the wings. He can link whoever plays up top with the striker. I think that 4-4-2 kind of formation or 4-4-1-1 or whatever you want to call it, really playing wide on the wing, I think has been great. I mean, barring this last Colorado result, it's been surprising for sure. Because maybe there's not enough defensive solidity playing only one really defensive midfielder. But it seemed to have been working. And it really, and I think the reason that it works is it really forces the other team to watch their wings. If they don't watch their wings, if they don't watch their wide play, they will get destroyed. And we haven't come up against a team that can really play through the the center. Yes. There's a gap in the middle. I, like a team that I had to say would like pick us apart would be Kansas City. That would, uh, yeah. you know, the obvious one. But yeah. other than that, you know, teams have found a way through with our defenses, you know, stepped in. So that's, I think, the Whitecaps have been a little bit lucky in that sense. But but the other team has to have that quality in the middle of the field to be able to play. Yeah, and that play up the, yeah. And, and it, I don't 
And I think with MLS, with teams being so close together in terms of quality-wise, and any team can beat any team on, on that week, it's a gamble. But so far, it's been a gamble that's paid off, except with the, this Colorado team who just, you know, defends well. And I think that Colorado team is hitting their stride. So, Who do you think, in your mind, deserves to start? Who deserves to start? Well... That's a good question. I mean, honestly, I feel like the team that we had against Colorado got really unlucky. And I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing that team again because that team has been, they deserve a second chance. But then were people rushed in? Probably. That's my opinion. With Reyna coming back, we need him in there. I mean, I, from the eye test... I don't have any stats to back this up right now. But <laughs> from the eye test, we play better when Reyna is in the lineup. Because I think he does give that linkage. He he plays more as, I feel like, a second forward or, or a shadow striker or whatever you want to wanna call, call it. Um, and he plays that position well. And he can link people up and he can score goals. So I think we need him in there. Speaking of Reyna, the thing that I really you know enjoy him with him is his energy. You know, and it doesn't matter if the team's down two nothing, three nothing. If they're up three or four, he's running, he's chasing down the ball, he's mm-hmm. not sitting back. You know, he he wants he's kind of like a pitbull, like mosquito. They're kind of the same player. They you know they'll chase the ball. They know how to pick a right pass. Mm-hmm. They know how to you know shoot when they need to shoot, not hold on the ball and pass and they, it way too late. And I think players. they get up in support of you know Kamara. Yeah, they get up in support and interlink with Davies. Because otherwise, if he just runs at defenders by himself and doesn't have that option to pass, he's useless. There's no success or goals coming at all. Yeah. Which, I mean, we we saw sort of with last season with Montero, but Reyna was still scoring. I think it ended the year with six goals last year on his own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think Montero, you know, you know, he's he's gone now, but... I think Kamara is the right player to be with Reyna. We haven't seen you know boatloads of goals like we'd like to. There's been good plays here and there with Davies linking up as well. But I think the best is yet to come this summer for the, the uh, Reyna Kamara maybe Blondell partnership if they so choose. Mm-hmm. So we talk about Whitecaps not really scoring goals a whole lot, and what they need to do to score goals when you know the team is down one nothing like on Sunday. They didn't really you know they pressed, but there wasn't a whole lot of chances that we you know the Whitecaps mm-hmm. really want them to score. Do you think it's the players that are that are set up to not score goals? Is it the, the the style? Is it the tactics? The formation? Do you think they need to change up their offensive style? Just ask you that question. Right now, I think their offensive style is use the wings, use the wide play. I think they're set up well to succeed with the personnel that they have. What I think the problem is is maybe there's a lot of rotation. So. But part of that is due to injury. Part of that is maybe due to trying out new things, trying out a tactical tweak to see what works. I think we can agree that they're kind of working. <laughs> like, barring that Colorado game, they hadn't lost a game. But then at the same time, they hadn't won a game. So do you really put yourself on the front foot and try to win the games? I would say yes. I mean, that's my mentality, is like, go out, try to win the game. You know, there's no sense to try and just draw the game. Unless it's a really obvious game. But 
I think they should go out there. So they should try to win. They should be positive. Because they have a lot of exciting attacking players. Why not go out there, try to be positive? And I mean, our defense isn't good anymore right now. Can we work on that? Sure. But then if our, you know, going back to that goal differential and going back to the fact that we need to get those points if we want to get into the playoffs. Yeah, there's a lot of, later on the game, on on the Canada game, there was a lot of Tiki tacky on the wing with you know De Jong and Davies and and especially with Shea later on when De Jong went to play center back and it's it's frustrating to watch because there's no real direction and I think that's where Reina comes in and will you know play a pivotal part of getting the ball from out wide switching it to the right or what have you maybe taking a strike on goal but mm-hmm. it's just been you know a little disappointing to see not the same style every game but you know like the same direction and without Reina or without Kamara you know whoever. It just changes up a little bit, and I think with Reyna back, we need consistency. We need to have guys not getting red cards. Need to have players staying in the lineup. You know, if they're not playing well, you might have to bench them. It's just the way it goes sometimes. I, I like when Much came on. I think he added quite a bit. Unfortunately, Watson went off, but mm-hmm. you just have to think Aaron Mon maybe deserved a chance in that situation. You know, he's on the bench. Why not play him? Yeah, and he played so well at the start. It, it's frustrating. Um, it must be frustrating for him because he played well, and I think. If I think back to what I was saying at the beginning of the year, he he showed that he can play and he can he deserved his chance. Mond and Aha, maybe that would be a, a, a combination. It seemed to work and it can work. But then you have Henry as well. You know, he's shown that he can play at this level too. And I mean at the beginning of the year we were kind of thinking, you know, is this guy gonna be able to play at this level and not get injured? But so far He's played really well. He's played really well. With Fittis and Flores released yes, two days ago, mm-hmm. who do you see coming in potentially, like just briefly, what do you see happening right now? I don't have like a dream player to come in because I feel that we have the quality. Yes. We have the depth. We have the ability. Then the question is, well, and, and I feel like we found a good tactic as well so then the question is are we just getting unlucky or are we just not having the players have the chemistry that they should have that's my feeling is they don't have the chemistry yet because they haven't had the ability to play with each other for long extended periods of time which which is crazy to say this far into the season we're through four or five months of the season and it's Mm -hmm. we haven't found chemistry and that's just unbelievable to say about a team that went through preseason basically starting end of January. I think for me personally, if there was a guy I wanted to have, it would have been Darwin Quintero. Obviously signed with Minnesota hat trick yesterday against TFC. Yeah. But I mean, there's always guys that are still available. Uh, that'll be I'm sure rumored about in the next few weeks with the transfer window opening yep. in a few days, seven days here, a week. So that'll be interesting to watch. And with that, we are moving on to our last part of the show. World Cup isn't over yet, so let's play a little prediction game here with Nick. Mm-hmm. So, with the quarterfinal games starting this weekend on Friday, tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. score. I'm going to get for you for each game a score prediction and the game-winning goal score if you so choose. So, start off with Uruguay-France. Nick, your score and your goal score. Uruguay-France. This one for me, I think, is going to be my upset because I cannot pass up on a fantastic world-class CB pairing 
that they have. Oh, Jimenez and Godin is just oh. exceptional. Yeah, I mean, I can see, and they're playing that old school kind of four four two. They have a very good defensive mindset. Did you see Cavani might not be playing though on uh, on Friday? That is true. Yeah, and I mean, if, but I I think they got they got to try, and they got to play him. As long as he's not injured. Off the bench, anything, you know, anything. Yeah. If they can beat Portugal, I mean, France is beatable. Who's your uh, winning goal scorer, too? I'm going to say Suarez. Suarez, okay. The the biter gets the goal. So, so, oh, man. He's <laughs> and, such a good player. I don't know why he needs to do that, but. Yeah. Um, and the score, I think, is going to be 1-0. 1-0. Okay. I have 3-1 France with Griezmann scoring the winner because I love his little call me on my cell phone celebration. <laughs> um, yeah. Belgium, Brazil. Score, Nick, and your score. I, I think it's going to be 2-1 to Brazil, and I think Coutinho is going to get that game winning. Two goal. upsets, really. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, Coutinho. Uh, I'm going to go with 2-0, no, 2-1 Belgium, and winning goal score will be Lukaku, because he just seems to climb up over everything yeah. in his path and had a goal in. Next up, Saturday, three lines, chance to... Keep that historic run going. Yeah. If I can th- call it that. Um, I think they're going to do it. I think it's going to be 1-0. I think Harry Kane is going to... He's going to keep his goal-scoring run going. What are those scoring games? I like mm-hmm. it. Um, I'm going to say 2-0. Because Sweden really hasn't... I mean, they've scored goals, but they haven't been potent offensively. So mm-hmm. 1-0, my game-winning goal scorer. I want to say Marcus Rashford. He's yeah, so he fun hasn't, to watch. He yeah, hasn't he's done a whole a lot, lot yet, but yeah, he, you know, but he's fun and he's electric. So. Yeah, exactly. But midfield, the Lingard and, and Ali has been exceptional as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Croatia, Russia, I fantastic. Would, I got to watch that PKs before the Whitecaps game in the weekend. That was fun to watch yeah. against Denmark. But I would love for Russia to progress because I picked them. Okay, and yeah. they've been doing well. But I've already used up a lot of that so I think it's going to be 3-1 Croatia and I think Rakitic is going to get the game winning goal I loved that game on the weekend 4-3 who Argentina France I'm going to go with the same scoreline this one 4-3 I think it's going to be a shootout <laughs> both teams not exactly you know call me crazy tweet at me or whatever but just not great defensive teams Croatia good pairing at center back same with Russia a little bit older but 4-3 and I'm going to say Croatia's winning goal scorer is going to be Ante Rebic, who has silently been one of the better players this World mm-hmm. Cup. Uh, plays in Germany with Eintracht Frankfurt. All right. Lastly, Nick did not get his predictions in for next for last week's show, so I'll just do those quickly. Review me and Nick, uh, Joe's prediction, predictions. Uh, so we chose Felipe, goal, no. Jack Price, yellow, yes. Love that Wolverhampton Wolves guy. Uh, and then Tim Howard screaming on TV. I'm just going to give him a bonus point for this say yes, because... <laughs> when does it ever not happen? Like, the only time Tim Howard would not be yelling on TV is if he's not playing on the game. Yeah. Or even if he's on the bench, he'd still be on the camera. Yeah. So I think that's a yes. <laughs> so Joe was two for three. I said Edgar Castillo, four crosses. Now we had two. Seven corners for the Whitecaps. Yes. that was, I thought that was it, you know. That's a good uh, show. I thought that's... it was good, too. And then Davies' goal, I mean, I wanted to happen. Everyone wanted to happen. To have that, yeah. But no. So season standings. Joe with 12, me with nine. Nick has seven, but we'll see. I'll, I'll add up maybe the bonus predictions for the you know World Cup and the little do you know how I'm getting played after. So Nick, let's get your predictions in for this week. I think Katai, hungry for a contract, 
So I think he's going to get a goal. I think Davies for the Whitecaps will also get a goal. And I'm going to say Aha's going to come in and he will win seven headers. He won seven headers. Okay. Uh, Joe had to redo his predictions because he thought DC United was the Whitecaps opponent this week and he had Wayne Rudy scoring, so maybe we'll carry that over to next week. <laughs> but. <laughs> Classic we, Joe. We Classic Joe. Joe. We love it. All right. Uh, he had to change it up. So he has Davies getting an assist. A lot of Davies themed predictors. I think we need to steer away from that for a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Bastion Schweinsteiger yellow and Kai Kamara less than three shots, which is interesting because Kamara loves to shoot the ball. Yeah. Anyways. That's true. And for me, I will say the Whitecaps will score three goals just because they need a, you know, a confidence game. I think Kendall Watson won't play. I think it'll be Mond and Aha, so I think Mond will get a yellow because it'll be energetic. And I think Jordi Reyna will be getting an assist. Alright, so that has been this week's episode 281 of the Whitecaps Preview Podcast with Nick Rubrak. Nick, before we go, how can people find you on social media? Uh, I'm on Twitter at SpaceAgeRobot56. <laughs> um, I thought you forgot it there. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, I'm at underscore Gideon Hill on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the game versus Chicago this Saturday at 7.30, kickoff on TSN. Thanks again, and enjoy the match. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine.